Now, today as we move into overcoming limiting words, um, at the outset, I can't give you this revelation. You can go ahead and be seated. I, I can't do what only the true teacher of the church can do. But I will tell you this, what we talk about today, maybe for another week or two, if you get that revelation, it'll revolutionize your life. You never will again look outside of you and outside of what God has commissioned you to do in terms of expectation and thinking that somebody else has the, the say-so in your life and the final say in your life. No, you really do. But I can't give you that. When Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? They called out, oh, you know, one of the prophets or blah, blah, blah. And Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? Now, Peter, with all of his warts, comes up with the right answer. And what a powerful way he put it. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon of Jonas, because flesh and blood hath not revealed that to you, but my, my what? My Father in heaven. Now, how many know that is the cornerstone revelation? And aren't you glad you know today that Jesus is not a Christ? He is the anointed one. He's not a Savior. He is the Savior. And if you're sitting here today with faith in Christ, you know you've experienced the new birth. You've already received the greatest revelation you'll ever have. There, nothing will ever surpass the revelation of you knowing Him as Lord and Savior. But I'm just pointing this out that if the apex revelation comes by revelation, then every other important revelation in the Word comes the same way. Not by flesh and blood. Flesh and blood can't give you this revelation. But if you get it, it will transform your life. So say it with me, I'm expecting the Holy Spirit to teach me and help me apply this understanding to my life. And I will say this, first of all, flesh and blood can't give you revelation of how powerful your words are, and flesh and blood can't keep that revelation. It is one of the easiest revelations to let slip in your life. And the more pressure there is, the easier it is to let it go. So with that said, I want you to know that you will rise or fall to the level of the confession of your mouth. And there are no exceptions to that. Say it with me. I, I will rise, rise or, fall or fall to the level of the confession of my mouth. High level of confession of the word, my life will rise in a high way. Low level of confession of the word, and my life will be at a lower level than it could be. What does this do? It takes the responsibility away from everybody else and puts it on us where it belongs. Do you know you're a unique creation? I don't know what my dog Bluey says to me when he's barking. I can only guess. I think I've got to nail down to three or four styles of barks and one means got to go poop bad, take me out right now. Uh, feed me right now. Or I want to play. I'm not sure which is which. <laughs> but human beings have the ability to craft, choose, and speak words at will. They do more than just communicate. 
They connect. Say it with me. Words are powerful. So we go back to this principle of our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask, think, or imagine according to his mighty power. It's already at work in us. Do you believe that today? Say, my God. J.B. Phillips said he's able to do far more than we ever dare ask or imagine. And then we've learned from Psalm 115, if we'll fear the Lord and love him enough to do what he tells us to do, that he'll cause us and our children to increase more and more. Say that there's an anointing of increase on my life. And it's not just your life, it's your family. It's your family line. I've never understood this when I run into this, but a parent or grandparent being jealous of a future generation. You shouldn't be jealous. You should be celebrating that you were able to see them go farther than you, more blessed than you, more anointed than you. That's the way it's supposed to be. We should thank God for that. Amen. And that's what you have here is a God who is the God of the more, who's going to increase you more and more, but not just you. This anointing of increases on your kids. Raise your hand if you're a kid. I'm somebody's kid. <laughs> there was only one immaculate conception. I was, I was somebody's kid. <laughs> so it's on you, isn't it? I love the scripture in Deuteronomy, you know, one where, you know, Moses points out that Father Abraham's promise of you know, descendants like the stars of the sky was fulfilled. And now he talks about 1,000 times that. How much can God increase us? How much can God do the more in every department of our life? The thousandfold, brothers and sisters. I know I have seen the tenfold. I've seen some powerful things that God has done. I've seen 30 and 60. I've even seen some hundredfold. But I want to see a thousandfold in Jesus' name. And I'm not just talking about me. I want to see it in your life in your family. Because if you can find a principle in the Word of God that's given to a man of God or a woman of God under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that promise is valid for you. And don't let any, amen, cheap talking, I mean, sorry mouth and crackpot of a preacher talk you out of it. Say the thousandfold. <laughs> Come on, wrap your brain around that. Now see, right then, if, if you're not going to let the Holy Spirit give you revelation, your mind will begin to go tilt on these things. Well, I can't imagine. Well, you won't have to. Because if you can't imagine it, it can never happen. If you can't think it and you can't say it, you can't have it. Amen. And part of this is just... Um, Learning not to be ashamed of what God has promised. Say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. Why should I be ashamed of what the power of God is doing? Because it's His power. And it's His will. Amen? So when it comes to, you know, the principle and the revelation of the play that your words, that you're speaking, that your tongue, that your mouth has in your spiritual life, be not ashamed. Amen. <laughs> People who have taught this through the years, oftentimes somebody will say, oh, 
That's one of them name it and claim it groups. One of them blab it and grab it groups. With the misunderstanding that we just say anything we want. No, what we say has to line up with the Word of God. What we are saying is when you put God's Word in your mouth and say it out of your mouth, it's just as powerful as the day that He spoke it. It's not you just create something and get it into your heart and say it with your mouth. There's no scriptural backing to this. So once again, when you hear stuff like that, just say to yourself, you know what? I'll receive that in Jesus' name. I named it, claimed it, and got it. Amen. Amen. I, I blabbed it, I grabbed it, and bagged it. Hallelujah. <laughs> and ignore the white noise out there and focus on what God's Word says. I'll often point out in teaching about this that in the book of Proverbs alone, everybody say Proverbs, there are over 80 references to the mouth, the tongue, and the lips. Now, I could say a couple things about that. But, but we tend to think, well, that's right, boy, that mouth, you got to watch that mouth. That mouth can be so negative. It's not just the negative use of the mouth. It's learning to use your mouth creatively and positively in your life. If you're just getting a message about the mouth that's negative, you're not getting the full message. Amen. I donated some blood, you know, a couple years ago, and the hospital sent me a little card. My blood type. And I'm happy to report to all of you that my blood type is B positive. I feel sorry for those that have B negative. I am B positive, thank you very much. And I encourage you to be positive as well. Are you here today? It's in my blood, I can't help it. <laughs> And if you got B negative blood, you start praying right now. Amen. <laughs> that it will not hold you back. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. Say it. Be positive. Be positive. Proverbs 18.7 says, A fool's mouth is his undoing, and his lips are a snare to his soul. You're tempted to believe what they're saying about you or what she said about you, what them said about you. No, it's what you say about you. It's the mouth of the believer that is the key to, you know, walking in the blessing of God, walking in the more, or having your life being undone. You literally snare your own soul, your mind, your will, your emotions with the things that you say. Well, look at somebody say, I'm not going to be a fool. The tongue is literally the gatekeeper for your, your body and your mind, your will, your emotions and your spirit. And, uh, you've got to make sure that you don't allow anything to pass that gate that's not scriptural. Now you can get some help from family members to guard the gate. But that's not going to help them out in the long term and you're probably just going to aggravate them. Don't say that. Don't say that. Now, what you want to do is focus on thou. Amen. Find the log in your own eye first. And then you'll be able to take the speck out of somebody else's eye. Say it with me. It is, it is. the gatekeeper. And guess who's supposed to be watching what's going on? 
You and I are. Amen. In Psalm 78, it's, it's a record of the use of God's people's mouths against him. In Psalm 78, I'll read verses 18 through 20 and then 20, uh, 40 through 42. They willfully put God to the test by demanding the food they crave. They spoke against God. Shout it out. They spoke against God. Can God really spread a table in the wilderness? Now, in this passage of Scripture, you'll see this all set by quotation marks. This is a quotation. The author here is quoting the people and what they said to God. Can God really spread a table in the wilderness? True, he struck the rock and water gushed out. Streams flowed abundantly. But can he also give us bread? Can he supply meat for his people? How often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the wasteland. Again and again, they put God to the test. They vexed or limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power the day he redeemed them from the oppressor. Here's what I want to point out to you initially today. This first key principle for you and for me, we have got to make sure that we are speaking about God and his word correctly. You're not going any further than that principle if you don't learn to correct what you may have been saying about God and His Word. Now you've got all these voices out there telling you what you can believe God and what you can't believe for. I'll make it simple for you. If it's in the Word of God, you can believe for it. Yeah, Say it with me. If it's in the Word, I can believe for it. And we have people telling us that, you know, the apostles have passed away, the prophets have passed away. It's interesting that out of the fivefold ministry gifts, the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, teachers, and evangelists, these geniuses only say that apostles and prophets have passed away. By what authority have they passed away? Well, Jesus is the one that gave the gifts. So he's the only one that can dispense with the gifts. And apostles and prophets are very much alive in the land. Now, they're not part of the original leaven. They're not part of the one that replaced Judas, but they are nonetheless operating as apostles in the land, and we've never needed them more than we do right now. And Lord knows we need the prophetic voice. My point is you got to be careful buying into what people are saying about God and His Word. Blaming God for things He didn't do and failing to give Him credit for what He has done. The thief cometh not before to steal and kill and destroy. I am come that they might have life and life more abundantly to the full till it overflows. The enemy is the stealer and the killer and your God is the giver of good things. Amen. You've got to learn to say what is right about God and his word. Say it. I need to say what is right about God and His Word. And if you stand alone some days about that, that's fine. Be alone, stand alone, but make sure you're talking right about God and His Word. What is it called when I say something about God or His Word that's not true? Not a theological position, it's called a lie. God no longer heals today. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Miracles have passed away. Liar, liar, pants on fire. You'd be amazed how easy it is for this anti-God and anti-word thinking to get into your spirit. You begin to talk the same way. 
Well, I'm happy to report to you that all of God's fivefold ministry gifts are alive and well and operate to the body of Christ. I'm happy to report to you that He's healing more than He ever has in the history of this world. I'm happy to report to you that He is doing miracles all the time throughout the world. The Holy Spirit is not dead or retired. He's very much alive and active. Speak right about Him. Recognize when He's doing great things. They don't say God did this, this, and this, but can He do this? Look at somebody and say, He can do all things. Say it with me, all things. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. There's nothing too difficult for Him. Amen? Problem's not with the Lord. Look at some more of these scriptures with me. Turn to somebody and tell them, think right, talk right about God and His Word. Malachi, or Malachi, the first Italian prophet, chapter 3, verse 13. You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said it is futile to serve God. What do we do by gain? What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper. And even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. Then those who fear the Lord. Now this is a dichotomy between how some people are talking about God and then how another group is talking about God. And the group that fears the Lord talked with each other and the Lord listened and heard. This may come as a shock to you, but God hears you in your living room. He hears you in your car. He hears you in your shower singing off key. He hears you. He listened and heard, and a scroll of remembrance was written in His presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored His name. Speak right about the Lord. It does pay to serve the Lord. He gives you His blessing, His empowerment. Well, I'm waiting for His empowerment to kick in. You just hang in there. Well, I said I was blessed three times last week and nothing happened. You really hung in there, didn't you? How long you been talking unbelief? How long you been talking fear and doubt? How long you been talking about people? Let me help you out here. Y'all want to be helped here? Lean in like this. When you gossip or slander about somebody, you neutralize your confession to receive from God. Because you stepped right out of love. And a confession will never work outside of love. Faith cometh, it worketh by love. Say it works by love. Amen. So you got two groups here, one that's bad-mouthing God and the other one that's saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to honor God with our mouth. And there is a scroll of remembrance. And here's a tip. You want to be on that scroll and not the other one. The scroll of people who talk right. The scroll of people who have the right words in their mouth. Same sentiment is in Job chapter 42, verse 7. I'm angry with you. And your two friends, he said, because you have not spoken the truth about me as my son Job has. In Psalm uh, Job 42, we realize that Job said some things that were inappropriate. But we also know that Job repented. 
Amen. Just because somebody talks a lot doesn't mean they're saying right about God. Amen. In Psalm 63, 3, because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. Say it, I choose to glorify, lift up, brag on, exalt the name of God. Talk about what he's done right. Amen. And believe that he only does right. Your mouth is up to you. Your words are up to you. Nobody can make you say anything. Nobody can stop you from saying anything. Because where is your faith? It's in your heart and it's in your mouth. Are you here today? Say, I am here in Jesus' name. You need to stop saying what the world is saying out there. Stop repeating the world and start repeating the Word of God. Change your words and you'll change your life. And it's possible for anybody in this room to do so. If you just pay attention, you'll find out there's more fear-mongering going on right now in this world than in most of our lifetimes. We're about to go into World War III. Um, the entire grid's about to be blown up. You better buy our emergency food supply because you're going to go hungry. You better learn how to farm on your ground because you're going to take all the seeds away and not give them to anybody. This politician is the Antichrist. This one is the devil. It's time to pay attention to what? What the Word says. Let me help you out here. If the grid goes down and the world starts fighting and your neighbor can't grow crops, crops will grow on your land. Water will flow on your land. Power will flow on your land. It's not about what they say about your life. It's about what you say about your life. And I say what? What his word says. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. This shouldn't surprise us. Wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes in various places. Yes, we're on the threshold of his return. We should be excited, not down and depressed. We should get ready for his return. I hear in the Spirit God saying my, some of my people are getting bunker mentality. You don't get in a bunker in the end times. You get out there among the people that are hurting and tell them the truth of the gospel, not just for this life, but the life to come. Start talking God's word and not the world's word. Oh, I spent $35,000 on land and I spent, you know, so much on this bunker and so much on concrete and, and, and so much on this particular aspect and so much on food. How much you got in this? $200,000. $200,000 spent in fear. Did you know what a child of God will be doing? Not in the bunker. Out there telling people who are hurting how to correct the situation. Instead of talking about how terrible everything is, use the authority that you God has given you in your words to speak right things over this nation, biblical things over this nation. 
I'll take a few more amens than that. There's enough talk against the nation. Start talking what God says about this nation. Now say this with me again. Pastor, can't give me this revelation. I have to receive it from the Holy Spirit. There is what? The Bible says a tongue has the power of life and death. God's delegated power in the words of His people. Use them for you or use them against you, but that's entirely up to you. Now what I have found out that through the years there are some people that grab on to the things of God and they run and their life is blessed, not without trial or temptation or, or occasional defeats. What I'm saying to you is faith doesn't protect you from that. Faith gives you victory over what comes at you. There is a difference in the nuance of that teaching. Say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I got a, a text from one of my former staff members, Kathy Ray. She said, uh, I have some exciting news. Would you, would you give me a call and get a chance? And so I did. Kathy served in, uh, in Joy's uh, role years ago. And uh, Monty, her husband, was a supervisor of Briggs and Stratton. They got involved in international uh, projects for Briggs and Stratton in China, Czech Republic, places like that. And they, they left Murray and went on about their business. God bless their lives. And um, I think about her and I think about all the other people who were hearing the word the same time she was and how profusely blessed her life is. And so she said, well, I called her up and she said, well, I, I told you I was going to write this book and I wrote this book. I said, what'd you call it? She called it Irresistible Love. It's on Amazon right now if you want to read it. And she said, the reason I wanted to call you, and my friends told me, go ahead and put it on Facebook. I said, I can't do that because I need to, see, I need to see the, make sure the pastor sees the book first. And so I got the book, opened it up, and it was over a solid page of dedication to me as her pastor for teaching her the uncompromised Word of God. Now... I don't say that, say, oh, puff the pastor up. No, that's not the point. The point is she recognized the uncompromised word of God put her on the trajectory that she is. Well, I can't tell you how many other people had the same chance. Church members, church families here, people that are related to us by birth or by marriage, people who have heard the same message for the same number of years. And somehow it never, ever drills through the wood. When it comes to this, how many still want the more that God has for you? Say, I want the more. You're going to have to let him teach you about this and then begin to adjust your life because you just can't talk any other way you want to and walk in that kind of a blessing. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now I want to just give you some insights about this today. And then we'll spend the next six months on this message. <laughs> Are you in a receiving mode today? Say, I'm a receiver. Say it, I believe the tongue has the power of life and death, which means I can speak death, I can speak life. I can cure things with my tongue. I can kill things with my tongue. Raise your hand if you ever killed something with your mouth. 
<laughs> Look at some, I say, I am so over that. <laughs> I'm done with killing things with my mouth. Amen. The nature of words, I want you to write this down. First of all, words have creative power. They're able to create with the words that you say. Why is that true? You're made in God's image. According to the Bible, you're made in God's image, and He was a speaking spirit, and He made you, according to the Hebrew sages and scholars, a speaking spirit as well. A spirit being that what? That speaks, that releases their authority. Now, how God did this, the Bible says when He spoke in Genesis, God said, God saw, and what? It was good. Now, you and I want to wait until we see it before we'll say it. That's not how this works. Say it with me. Creative power works by saying what God says, and then what's going to happen? Then you see. And then you, like God, can say, it is good. Amen. What God has done is actually good. Say, he said, then he saw, and what? And it was good. He's a good God. Say, I received by revelation God's word on this matter. Now, again, it goes back to lining your mouth up with what God said in His Word, not making things up in your flesh. Number two, words are containers. They carry things. If you don't like what's been carried into your life lately, change the contents of the container. They're containers. And walking around, you got this stuff overflowing and you don't like it and it's junk and it's negative and it's destructive and it's, it's affecting you and it's affecting your family. It's affecting, you know, you know, your kids and your grandkids. It's time for you to empty it out and fill it with things you actually want to have there. You fill it with the things that you say. Say they're containers. Write this down. Number three, words are vehicles. They transport things. They transport things into your life. They transport things out of your life. And it's up to you to make the adjustment and say, I, I get that. I receive that. Now, you and I want to talk about, you know, in terms of somebody else said this and somebody else spoke, you know, verbally abusive to me and held me back, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to tell you something. All this emphasis today on talking and talking and talking and talking about your problems is not going to get you out of the mess. Start talking and talking and talking the word of God. Stop talking and talking and talking about what they did to you, what they said about you, and start talking what God did for you. We're seeing entire generations locked up, literally, from forward movement because they're bound to the past. And what somebody said or, or didn't say. I was abused. I was traumatized. I was this. All right, own it. If somebody ever apologized, great. But they can't stop your trajectory in the things of God unless you let them. Amen. Some of y'all need to unpark your bus and say goodbye to all that talk, 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 talk. And start speaking the word of God over yourself. Say it, words are vehicles. They transport things. Next, words are seeds. They reproduce after their kind. <coughs> Shocking. But the things you say actually are sown and reproduce after their kind. 
I don't understand why everything falls apart in my life. Everything always falls apart in my life. Every time I try, something falls apart in my life. It falls apart in my life. Pastor, it falls apart in my life. It always falls apart in my life. Go figure. (laughs) Because what? You are prophesying your own failure. Failing to understand that words are not just things on a board or in a book. They're seeds. Say it. Words are seeds that reproduce after their own kind. Well, Pastor, I prayed and I sowed my word seed. I, I confessed the word, you know, for a day and, and nothing's happened. Let me help you out here. What you do between the amen and there it is determines whether you ever see there it is. So you pray in Jesus' name, and then you continue to say what God has said about that situation. How many with the raised hand would say you, you are praying for a lost loved one, and they need the Lord desperately. They need the Lord. So what do you say? Lord, I'm asking you to save so-and-so in Jesus' name. And every day, what do you do? You call them in. I call them saved, healed, delivered, forgiven, righteous. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to do something stupid to make you mad and get you to stop confessing their salvation. I'm going to go over here and talk because there was a grunt over here. (laughs) That gets you off of what? To focus on their behavior instead of what the Word says about them. I'm telling you, prophetically today, the prodigals are coming home. The prodigals are coming home. It's too long in the pig pen. And you might have them in your family. You might have them, you know, in your extended family. All churches have prodigals. The prodigals are coming home. Devil's going to have a bad season. Hallelujah. Because that's what he tried to do is sever them from the things of God. Turn to somebody and say the devil did his best. But his best wasn't good enough. Come on, say this boldly. The prodigals are coming home. And what you're going to be is tempted to keep looking at the road, down the road, not seeing them, and then adjust what you're saying to that reality instead of adjusting what you say to what God has said about that situation. That's always the temptation. Amen? Say their seeds. You live next in a world, a world, a word ruled world. It's controlled. In fact, the Bible tells us that all things consist and are upheld by his mighty word. The world itself is upheld by his word. Consequently, this world is ruled by worlds and by words. And a lot of people won't line up with God's word so they can enjoy the benefit of that. Turn to somebody and say, I'm making the adjustment. What about your world? If the world is a word ruled world, then what about your world? Your world is also a word-ruled word. It's entirely up to you. Say, it's my job to say what God said. Number six, words are magnetic. (laughs) They attract things. Anybody here believing for something good in their life? Are you believing God for something powerful in your life? Can you attract God's you know, natural material support with your mouth? Yes. Can you attract deliverance with your mouth? Yes. Can you attract healing with your mouth? Yes. Can you attract every dimension of salvation with your mouth? 
Yes. Can you repel it with your mouth? You know who our biggest enemy is? Ourselves. Because we speak what we feel. We speak our feelings. We speak our pains. We speak our hurts. We speak our frustrations. We speak our bitterness instead of speaking the Word of God. Now I'm telling you between amen and there it is, it's called discipline for you to keep your mouth on the Word of God, whatever you're believing God for, and keep your heart clean. And don't take a day off. If you're believing for healing, nothing but healing confession should come out of your mouth. Well, I'm, I'm just telling the truth. You're, spoke, you're speaking about a reality or a fact, but the truth is by His stripes you were healed. He sent forth His Word and He healed you. It's just that if you, if you yield to the world, you're yielding to a reality that is subpar or below the reality of heaven and the things of God. Amen. Say it with me. I'm attracting things. Say I'm attracting good things. I'm attracting the promises of God in my life, like a tractor beam. I just, right then and there, somebody got revelation because you've been attracting garbage in your life and now you know why. No, I've got garbage in my life because of people. No, look in the mirror. It starts with that person. Amen. Say, they're like a magnet. They attract things. They're supernatural. Which means the Word of God is not just something we converse in or communicate with, not just the information age. Words themselves are powerful. They're pregnant with power. When it's the Word of God coming out of your mouth, it has the power to bring itself to pass. There is no other communication that has that kind of power. And what do we waste our time with? Everything but supernatural words. Amen. Praise God. Let me throw this last one out there for you. Your words are like a barometer. They tell us instantly what your level of faith is. Five seconds of listening to you, and we know exactly what you believe and exactly where you are. Now, fortunately, there's grace and mercy for us in their church. Fortunately, if we make mistakes, we can get up and go again. But the key is to adjust. Amen. Say it with me. By faith. I'm receiving more revelation on the power of my words that I've ever had in my entire life in Jesus' name. Say more revelation, more understanding. I will rise or I will fall to the level of the confession of my mouth. It's not what they said about me. It's what I said about me. Let's just be honest about this. You say more things about you in five minutes than most of the people in the world that talk about you in a year. And you think it's what they say that's doing all the damage. Most of your conversation is with you. And some of you do it out loud. Walking down the street talking to yourself. Hey, if you're going to talk to yourself, make sure you answer with a word. Keep it word focused. But it's not what everybody else is saying. And I can say good things about you all day long. Amen. But you have to get a hold of this. 
There's a teaching you always do when I'm dealing with a young married couple, you know, tormenting them in premarital counseling. It's like a spiritual gift or something like that. Put them through the ringer. <laughs> and I will tell them that um, if, as a pastor, I, I look at the husband, I say, oh, you're, you're handsome, you know, you're wonderful, you did a great job on that, you know, you deserve that promotion. He'll feel good about it. But if it comes from his wife, it's a whole another level of self-esteem building. Amen? I can look at that lady and say, you know, you're beautiful. You've got a lot going on for you. God's got great plans in store for you. You did an awesome job on this particular ministry. Oh, that's nice. That's pleasant. It's all warm and fuzzy, but it takes on a whole new dimension if it's the husband saying that. Why? Because nobody can build the self-esteem of the spouse like the spouse. And no one can tear down the self-esteem of that spouse like the spouse. Amen? Same principle works with you. Nobody can tear you down like you can. Nobody. And nobody can lift you up like you can. If you'll do it. By what? By sticking to the Word of God. Amen? Ladies, say it. I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. Now, say you hesitate. Say it boldly. Say, I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. Intelligent. Awesome. Awesome. Wasn't that weak? <laughs> that was really, really pathetic, actually. I mean, you got a room full of beautiful ladies and you can't even make some noise about it. Amen? Well, I don't want to brag. You're not bragging. What you're doing is countering all the nonsense you've been telling yourself for years. I'm ugly. I'm stupid. I'm nothing. I'll never be anything. Say it, I'm beautiful, I'm beautiful. Victorious. victorious, more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. I'm, God's I'm God's daughter. I'm blessed of God. I'm, blessed. I'm not I'm what, I what I used to say about myself. About myself. I, say I say what God says what God say about me about from, now from now on. There is no question at all that you and I put ourselves down more than everybody else combined. That's going to change. Gentlemen, say it. I'm handsome. I'm handsome. Ooh, did you hear that? Huh? No humility there at all, ladies. None. <laughs> they were ready for that. Say it. I am handsome. I'm handsome. Powerful. Powerful. Child of God. Victorious, victorious, more than a come, more than overcomer. I'm victorious in Jesus' name. I'm the head, not the tail. Above only, not beneath. She only has eyes for me. And I hear, I hear in the spirit, simulators saying, you know, but my husband doesn't have a problem with that. You would be amazed. How many men have the same problem that you perceive you have? Down talking yourself. And here you are being a child of God. Here you are being royalty. Here you are being ambassadors of Christ. Here you are being called of God in these last days. And all you do is talk contrary to what God calls you. Well, somebody go like this. 
That's over. Come on, everybody do it right now. I'm, uh, I'm done with that. It's not what everybody else says. It's what you say. So we've done it, ladies. We've done it, men. Can we all do it together? Huh? I, want you to sh- I want you to stand to your feet. I want you to close your eyes.
So, Miss uh, Miss Wilma, your daddy went home to be with the Lord. And um, we just want to take a moment here and pray for you. You've been so faithful to lift other people up. We want you to reap some ministry and some comfort, amen, and some power of the Holy Ghost. Today. Would that be okay? Yes, Would you guys come around here today and let's just pray. Thank you, Lord. The rest of you, if you want to, just stretch out your hands this way. Thank you, Father. Lord, we're so thankful to understand and to know that this man died in faith, Lord. And we, as we claim, Lord, and thank you uh, for his salvation, we claim the rest of this bloodline as well. That you'd minister in the hearts of the siblings, Lord, as far as that bloodline goes. And we claim today every member of that family for your glory. That they would all know Christ. They would all know the Lord intimately, Father. They would all be on fire for the Lord. But here today, Lord, in, in natural relationships, there is a hole there. There is a missing there, Father. Now both of her, her parents are with you, and we're mindful of that, Father. And we're thankful for the people that are around her, Lord. We're thankful, Father, for the covenant marriage that she has. We lift her up before your throne asking for the comfort that can only come from the Holy Spirit. The ministry of the Spirit of God deep in the recesses of her heart, Lord, today and the days and weeks and months and years to come. We also thank you, Father God, that with ministry comes a harvest, Lord, a harvest of blessing, a harvest of comfort, Lord, a harvest of support. And we pray that she would feel it in the natural, Lord, among the people of God, and particularly by your Spirit. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, Wilma, the word, Lord, came to me concerning you, and you've invested just hour upon hour all kinds of mental and physical uh, financial resources, all kinds of spiritual energy and emotional energy. And the Lord says that He is honored by what you have done. He is honored by what you have demonstrated. The long life will satisfy you and give you great and under, great things that, under, that few people understand, revelation that few people have grasped. And understand this, all that you have focused towards that effort, you're now being free to go to a whole new level in the things of God. So expect... Miracle upon miracle, deliverance upon deliverance, faith upon faith, revelation upon revelation, breakthrough upon breakthrough, for he's far from finished, he's just beginning. And you're being released, says the Lord. Released, released, released from everything that has hindered you, everything that has boxed you up, everything that has distracted you, everything that has stolen from you, everything that has diverted you, you're on the path, says the Lord. And on that path are many rich blessings, many rich breakthroughs, many rich relationships, many great things that I will do in you and through you. So rejoice. This is a transition time. But rejoice because your best days are ahead of you, says the Lord. Thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father. We thank you, my Father. We thank you, Father God. Yes, Lord. Let revelation flow. Let power flow. Let the word of the Lord flow. Let deliverance flow, Father. We agree with you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Blessed be the Lord. Let's give him a hand clap and thank the Lord today. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord.